Double the cold heart, double the fun, double the watch butts. Making you realize double is the one for you. Everyone, welcome to WatchBots, the podcast where sometimes before you record, you you talk about New England jeans business. Can't possibly be more exciting than what we're actually here to talk about. I am joined by Shailen. Hello. Hi. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Set you up. You could have talked about your jeans. Could have dove right into that My topic jeans. of your favorite jeans. I was already scolded for being long-winded before we started recording, so I didn't mm. want to mess up the episode that way. That's right. And by Dave. Hello. I have a favorite pair of jeans. Yeah. Do you guys have a favorite pair of jeans? You know, how does one pick from many children? I got my painter so jeans. I got my my boot cuts. No, I don't have boot cuts. I feel I like my Daisy Dukes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm a standard and a slim fit man. Anything else? Not for me. No thanks. Get your big pants out of here, you jinkos. Not interested. <laughs> Man, do you remember uh, jinko jeans? The ones with like the straps that would go leg to leg. I, I always wondered how people walked or ran with those. No, no, it was about it was about the fashion. You didn't run in those pants, Dave. Oh, I, I was an active active kid. I, I I didn't understand didn't understand those those pants. I was not an active kid. I also didn't understand those pants. <laughs> Shailen, where do you fall? I couldn't afford Jinko jeans, so I sewed sure. my own baggy pants. You can, so you got Jinko jeans? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> you just stitched two pairs of jeans together. Two pairs a quarter is at sure, one point for sure, yeah. Sure, absolutely. I, I mean, every young girl's journey to womanhood involves stitching two pairs of corduroys together. I just got pants larger than I should have and and called those baggy jeans. I, I We also could not afford Jinko you think Jinko's up to today? They still making clothes? Absolutely. 100%. Yep. There's like a whole rebirth of that aesthetic that came through. I think it was was last summer, the winter before. Oh, what was it called? There were like stickers and shit. I don't know. It was really alarming. Stickers and shit aesthetic. That's right. Headbands. Absolutely. Stickers and shit aesthetic. What about headbands for men? Epsco. Epco girl. Ebsco? The, no, not that. the online library? <laughs> not the online library. <laughs> My hair's been getting long, so I've been wearing headbands uh, occasionally. Not for work. I think that's a tough thing to pull off, but at home I'll wear a buff. It's like a like a pullover thing. I got a Survivor branded one. Uh, I'll wear a headband. <laughs> there is nothing better than going to find Ben in the middle of the workday and find him like he's done with his meetings that he has video for so he's working at his desk and he's just got his survivor buff on it's like well it keeps my hair out of my face you're out of context sir and you keep calling yourself boston ben yeah that's right you should be on an island speaking of survivor i want you guys and our listening audience to know that you all have my full attention but i do have a very important survivor themed ebay auction that i'm monitoring so if i go silent for moments at a time uh you'll know why (laughs) 
What is the item? I'm very pleased to talk about this. So in the early 2000s, in the heyday of Survivor, when it was getting like fucking 50 million people to watch it, they put out two PC games. And they were both complete shit. But the second one had more (laughs) social and strategic elements. Uh, (laughs) The best that 2002 licensed PC games could buy. But Oh, yeah. A lot of old PC games you can get through various services, you know, your good old games, your Steams, things like that. But this one slipped through the cracks, and also there's no illegal versions of it anywhere. So it's just, it's a hard game to find. So I think that's for a reason. Like, you know, sometimes like time, time needs to forget things like that. No, everything yes. should be preserved. I'm a firm <laughs> believer in that. So. If I have an opportunity to pick up this uh, surely shitty game and try to play it on a you know relatively modern computer, I'm, I'm not even sure it's going to work, but it's a desire. And in this world, you know, you see something you want, you got to go for it. Fair enough. Let's say you get the game. Yeah. Are you going to Twitch? Uh, will, will I Twitch the game? Uh, if yeah. I can get it to work, I will consider Twitching it. But it's a big it's a big thing getting a Windows ninety eight game on a Windows ten PC. There's a lot of technical back end stuff, folks. For I sure. won't belabor the point. But yes, I will consider twitching the game. Can't so wait to see it. It's very exciting. And you'll get a, a huge audience. There are a ton of people out there just dying <laughs> to see two thousand two Survivor PC game content. Now you're right, but you're you're misnaming it. So for SEO purposes, like you got your Fortnite, you got your Warzone, you got your Among's Uses. But you don't have many people out there playing. Hold on, I have it right here. Survivor Ultimate, the official PC game of the hit CBS TV series. So, is that the title? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It comes in a big cardboard box, the way old computer games did. Oh man, um, very exciting. So, we'll count down if we're if we're recording while this is going on. I will certainly update us all on the progress. But I just wanted to bring that to the table. It's important. That's nice. That's nice. It's important. I miss that computer box art I, okay. I thought it was part of buying the game like the, yeah. the you know unboxing it and you know reading the uh, the inside flap if the box was really well designed like you could like play out the story like starcraft mm-hmm. had an awesome awesome box starcraft design. had a good box age of empires had good boxes yes yes shailen what's your favorite computer software box so my sister had a game called the seventh guest Ooh, i remember okay. that one yeah, and yeah. that was a fun game and the box had pictures of the ghosts inside sure and it scared the fuck out of me so it was memorable Mm -hmm. and i think that it was probably the only one i can remember because it scared me there was was very pretty there was a time in like the 20 aughts if you will where the world was shifting away from disc gaming and more towards digital gaming but companies were still putting out those huge boxes and sometimes like they would have a single cd sometimes they would just have like a slip with like a download code (laughs) <laughs> my dad actually tried to return one of those boxes because he thought that it was supposed to have a cd-rom sure and he was like yeah just give me the instructions there's nothing here but a piece of paper and the the poor person on the other end of that exchange i just i have a lot of sympathy for them mm-hmm. i wasn't present for it he just told me about it after sounds like it must have been crazy <laughs> the story started at dawn and ended at dusk <laughs> and the postscript was he bought a hamburger Probably. With the proceeds. And that also had a download code in it. Now let's talk about the president. No. We <laughs> don't, we don't do that. that about the president. <laughs> well, that's fine. You know, we're here tonight not to talk about the president, but a different kind of royalty. The Prince of Eternia 
He-Man. But before we do that, I need to backtrack a transition that I forgot to make. So last week, we talked about Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. And there are two things out of that. One is that Dave has informed us that the new Walker Texas Ranger is Mm -hmm. the CW's most watched show since Dawson's Creek. So that's pretty exciting. Hmm. People love Walker Texas Ranger. It's true. And I think people are very disappointed after they tuned in to the new TV series Walker. It doesn't have any of the fun elements that Chuck Norris's show had. There's no martial arts. He, he's gone through some trauma or something and his family's been harmed. And now he's just like a man on a mission. It's not episodic. It's not. It's missing Chuck Norris. It's not but even it, in Texas. It stars yeah. the guy from Supernatural. And I know a lot of people were kind of shitting their pants over that. Mm-hmm. Like, very excited. Is that Jensen Ackles? I, no. No, the Jared, other one. Jared Padalecki. Oh. Padalecki. The guy from House of Wax. Oh, yes. is that him? Yes. Yeah. House he's the one Wax. that gets his face peeled off, right? No, he's the younger brother of the girl who I'm forgetting who it is. Not Paris Hilton. <laughs> oh, okay. The okay. not Paris Hilton one. Yeah, yeah. That was a terrible movie. Sure was. Indeed. Hmm. Anyway, so, I mean, we talked a lot last week about a, a Gill man that Shailen remembered from a previous show. Sequest 2020. I had a quest in mind right after that. that A Sequest? A Sequest. Yeah. That I was going to make a, a rap song and use auto-tune and all that. And wouldn't you know it, when I sat down today <laughs> to <laughs> embark on that journey, I discovered auto-tune a, a lot harder to work than you would think. And I just couldn't make it work. So I'm going to I'm going to put that uh-huh. aside. But there's always backup plans and contingencies. That's that's the business world you got to live in. So I do have something to share. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. <laughs> Provasic. I crashed my car into the bridge. I don't care. Provasic. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> Backup plans and contingencies. <laughs> oh man, I'm glad we got that one. You see, like, <laughs> you see what these constraints do to you, Ben? Yeah. They, they 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 force you to innovate. Yeah, it's all about synergizing and iteration and things like that. So I don't know why I sound like Owen Wilson there, but <laughs> these things oh, sometimes wow. happen. I don't care. You may have been channeling Owen Wilson at the time. I mean, who's to say? Nobody goes back. Could have been. Texas Bottle Rocket. I don't know. It yeah, was, it, it was a there. connection yeah. there. But we go forward, like the president. And we're not here to talk about the president, Shailen. Thank we're here about, to talk about a different kind of royalty. The Prince of Eternia. What an awesome segue. Thank you. Seamless. Like the food service. Shailen, we're here to talk about He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And we've talked about this well, universe, for lack of a better term. Real early on in our run, we talked about the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special. We also talked about an episode of She-Ra, Princess of Power, but we've never really come around to this central piece of 80s goodness. And here we are, and what gives you the right? Well, neither of you stepped up to choose the low-hanging fruit that is this exquisite cartoon. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so I decided that I had deferred long enough and it was time. Wow. <laughs> also, I had a crazy nightmare related to this specific episode of He-Man and I was delighted to remember. And actually, when I Googled part of the plot, I found the episode and I was so happy. 
Was the nightmare recent? Yes. Okay. And what was the, the nightmare? Also, my cats are fighting in the background. It's um, <laughs> it's annoying as hell. Uh, what was what was the nightmare? Describe the nightmare. The nightmare was that we were moving into our new house, and there was a weird mirror. Mm-hmm. And then our boxes started fucking replicating, but with mirror images of themselves. Sure. And then we had to figure out which boxes needed to be unpacked and which needed to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And it was very frustrating. I mean, you could say that it's the dream also relates to Star Trek, Mirror Mirror. It was definitely Skeletor based. Also to that episode of Shiro Rewatch, which also involved a mirror. It did. I think in the oh, 80s, yeah. mirrors were up for question a lot. Mirrors were big, big circular Coke mirrors and like fuck mirrors you'd hang above your bed and like your, your swinger palace. They still have those. Sure. I mean, they're still cool now, but I think that that was the time that they really came to prominence. They're a bitch to install, though. Yeah, heavy. A lot of older ceilings can't take them. Hmm. I would be afraid to hang a fuck mirror and then, you know, sleep under it. How heavy do you think a fuck mirror is? I don't know. I wouldn't want a... (laughs) I mean, as heavy as a mirror. I don't know. I, I could pick up a mirror. As heavy as this D. Um, but what if but, it like, fell on you? Yeah, what if sleep? It, Yeah. But I, like, I don't live in like a skyscraper. I guess I'm just not, well, it, glass falling on you wouldn't feel In feel your great. sleep. Yeah. Yeah. What you need is like a series of angles and pulleys. Uh-huh. You know, so that it's not directly above you, but you still, you still get what you're looking for. I'm a really uncomfortable at You this know moment. who loved mirrors? He-Man. He-Man. <laughs> Did you guys watch much of Masters of the Universe in its heyday? I definitely watched it sometimes, but I don't have like a lot of specific memories of it, except this particular one, because mm-hmm. uh, of Skeletor. We'll get there. I'm excited. You, you were more of a, a She-Ra kid. It was more of a She-Ra, and it was more like it was on. And mm-hmm. I did not watch a lot of He-Man. I think we've talked about this before. I was, I think, it was a little, a little before my time. I did have a, a couple of the toys. My um, mm-hmm. older cousins had a lot of the toys, and they watched He Man a lot. So I, I heard about it, but never, never really saw anything. What about you? Well, I was a little baby. No, I didn't. I didn't watch any of this. I was too small. Little, little, little baby Ben. I was up batting at the, at the mobile, sucking on a bottle. I don't know what road you're going down, but it's gross. Don't do that. Change, change that diaper. <laughs> that voice is terrible. <laughs> I think it was the one where you were like, Benny wants a baby bottle. Yeah. Stop it. I hate it so much. I will leave. You will do this episode without me. <laughs> I'll do what I have to do. <laughs> but we'll see. I was a little baby. I didn't see much of it. But He-Man and the Masters of the Universe is the original show that was a toy that had a show based around it. So from the start... It was a co-production of Mattel on the toy side. Mattel, formerly a big-time toy company, now owned by Hasbro, and Filmation. So we've talked about Filmation a lot in the past. We've talked about the man Lou Scheimer, but they did a lot of the Batman cartoons, a ton of licensed stuff, the Brady Kids, Star Trek, at least two separate Gilligan's Island cartoons, which is fucking crazy. What? Yeah, yeah. I think one, one of them is based when one is not in enough. space, maybe. Holy shit. So it's called like Gilligan Space Island or How something. How have we like not that. watched that? I, I, Shailen, I don't know. Someone I know take what I'm a thinking note, that for my turn. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to write that down. But the toy line was conceptualized and debuted in stores in 1982. So you had your He Man and your Skeletor and your Beast Man, 
I think Moss Man came later. I was partial to Moss Man, but say la But Filmation created the backstory right from the beginning. So you had that mix of fantasy and sci-fi, and they started to get the story out with the toys in the form of mini comic books that were these little pack-ins. I remember toys doing this or doing similar things like cards that were like a little, little bonus add-on. You don't get that these days. No. These days you're lucky if you get a package. The Aliens toys. The toy line had um like little mini Dark Horse comics that came with them. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It was delightful. So if you got the whole line, you would get the whole story. And otherwise you would never know you would what never happened know. in the middle of the story. I mean, that's the thing about exactly. toys. It's all a fucking, it's a scam. Right. A right. beautiful, delicious scam. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I would fall for it every time. No, I'll fall for it now. Continue to fall for it. <laughs> yeah, it's why I am the way I am. Yeah. Anyway, so the toy line was successful, but Filmation tried to pitch the show in different ways. So they tried to pitch it directly to ABC. ABC turned it down, and that was why they had to sell to Disney, because that was a bad fucking move. Big, big, big deal. mistake there. Why did they turn it down? Uh, was it too, Were they not interested in... <laughs> too many loincloths, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, too, too glistening. Too many dweebs. <laughs> I like too many tweets. Okay. My wasn't as good. So they, they went down the route of syndication, which almost everything did. So most of the filmation hallmarks are here. So you had a lot of reuse shots, just things you're seeing over and over. The transformation sequence, for one. Terrible walk cycles. Terrible walk cycles. Everybody running everywhere. Choppy animation. A little homoerotic. We'll just get it out of the way, but... Just a bit. Boys will be boys, you know? I didn't think it was that big a deal. Just because you guys have to sexualize everything doesn't mean that all these glistening men in loincloths touching each other is homoerotic. First of all, don't have to. It's choose to. Talking about their magic swords. <laughs> it's one of those things. Like, yeah, the internet gets a hold of these things, right? The internet out there. These kids sure. in their basements. And they try to make He-Man like some kind of weird thing that it's not. It's a dude and his friends and they're protecting Castle Grayskull. Like, it's not that big a deal. Yeah, he's got enemies to fight. Yeah. And he needs to fight them in the appropriate attire. He's got a magic sword that he never uses. And frankly, he punches people. Wow, he doesn't. There's nothing that would change if he and Man at Arms were boning down behind the scenes. Nothing changes. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. true. <laughs> boning down, that's right. Hashtag boning down. That's also the name of my upcoming HGTV show. And no, I don't know what the plot for it is, but it's called Bone and Down. <laughs> you take um, uh, human remains and uh, craft <laughs> delightful around the house to crafts. The with. show is it is entirely me installing fuck mirrors. That's it. <laughs> the insurance on the show is extremely high. No, it's not. It's not that dangerous. Because they fall a lot. No, they don't because I'm good. I wonder if there's any fuck mirror death. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there was a Final Destination person that died that way. But I think they were killed by like construction glass. Hmm. But they like turned into jelly when the glass fell on them. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah. It was gross. So we also had the same five to six people voicing everybody on the show, which is another way mm-hmm. Filmation saved money. So Including you, what, the owner? Lusheimer, his daughter, uh, a few different voice actors. The theme music here that we'll talk about, Haim Saban and Shuki Levy, who did everything. Also, assisted by Lou Scheimer, again, under his pseudonym, Erica Lane. So he had his hand in every little piece of this show. The plot of the show, I, the overriding arc of Masters of the Universe is a little bit confusing to me. And I think we'll get into some of this. But at its core, it's good versus evil. But you have Prince Adam, who finds a sort of power 
and he says a phrase that grants him quote unquote fabulous powers and turns him into He-Man. So he and his crew of, of various fellas and ladies, they protect Eternia from Skeletor, specifically Castle Grayskull, which contains the power of He-Man, but they don't live in Castle Grayskull. And only He-Man goes in there. But Prince Adam is like 20? So were there other He-Men? Like, it's all... Yeah, is it like a Highlander or like Buffy the Vampire Slayer kind of thing where it's like passed down from generation to generation? I always assumed yes. But now that you're questioning it, I'm questioning my entire existence. Like, this episode to me, I thought they lived in Castle Grayskull. And then they were like, nobody goes in Castle Grayskull. And I was like, then why is it such a big deal? And then it's because it had the power. The power is within it. But then they don't. I always thought they lived there too. (laughs) Anyway. Have I already told the story about the Castle Grayskull playset? I don't know. When I was a kid, we got kittens and it was like a big deal because our pets, like we went many years without pets. And I love the way your stories begin. You're like, I'm going to tell you about a story and here's some, here, a, a toy and here's something completely different. <laughs> about pets. So we went to go pick up our kittens and the lady, it was my mom's friend, was like really sad and weird about it because when we got there, they had lost one of the kittens and they thought that the mom ate it. What? But as it oh, turns oh, out- Oh, the cat mom. The cat mom. Okay. As it turns out, he just climbed inside Castle Grayskull and couldn't find his way mm-hmm. out because he was too stupid. <laughs> and- and that's her the son, cat we got. <laughs> her sons just heard meow, meow coming out of their closet because <laughs> they packed up their toys and put them away before we came to visit. <laughs> Did you take that cat? Yeah, Smokey. And his nice. brother, Bear. His brother. You should have named Beast it. Man. Yeah. yeah. Should have named it Man at Arms. <laughs> Evil Lynn. T-La. We should have named him T-La. I'm glad you brought up the toy line because Brinker. it and the cartoon were a huge hit. In many ways, this toy line was the trendsetter for everything that came later. Like G.I. Joe was a little bit later. Transformers were a little bit later. These toys were really, you know, they were big, dynamic. They were chunky. They had cool vehicles. They had the huge play sets. It started with Castle Grayskull. Later on, they produced Snake Mountain. Toward the end of the run, they produced Eternia, which had a box that, honest to God, is like four feet wide. So it's this really iconic and lasting thing which really carried through for a couple of years. You know, it sustained the show for 130 episodes. It led to a live action movie, which as always is far too late. So the show ended in 85. The movie came out in 1987, starring uh, Dolph Lundgren as He-Man, Frank Langella as Skeletor. A natural choice for Skeletor. <laughs> Billy Barty as not Orko, because Orko's not in the movie, although he's essentially playing Orko. It's got Courtney Cox. The movie, for those interested, is on Amazon Prime Video. So if you have that service, check that movie out. It's weird. Yeah. It's, it's weird. made by a production company called Canon Films, uh, which is a, a fascinating film production company, but weird movie. It's like they took the the plot of He-Man and made it a fish out of water, like action-adventure comedy mm-hmm. kind of thing, it's, or fantasy action. I don't know. It was a strange concept. I was like, why did you have to, why, why couldn't you just have it in Eternia? Why did you have to go to Earth? Couldn't do it. get it. Yeah. Doesn't Impossible. Play. Doesn't play. But like all fads, you know, this one kind of faded away. And the story of what happened to both Filmation and Masters of the Universe from like 1985 forward is really interesting. So even at the time, Filmation was owned by one of these nebulous corporations. I think it was like the Westinghouse Corporation, which is just... It doesn't mean anything. It's just like a company that owned companies. But it was sold off to a consortium of another 
bunch of companies, but the main one was the skincare company L'Oreal, and then everything got broken up. And they L'O- owned He-Man. <laughs> L'Oreal owned the rights to the filmation catalog, in- including He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. So from there, it changed rights a bunch of times. Now it sits with DreamWorks, which I'll get back to in a second. We just love how Adam takes care of his skin he- as He-Man <laughs> or as the Prince of Eternia. Have you seen He-Man's luscious locks? <laughs> what is his routine? <laughs> they're, they're <laughs> I mean, She-Ra really is a L'Oreal commercial in many ways. That's it's why true. her hair's always flowing around. That's why in the reboot series, the whole first scene, it's like that first scene in American Psycho. You know? He's doing yeah, it's, it's, just, and... it's just Adam getting ready for the day. And That's he's right. Like, I, uh, yeah, I, I start the day off with a apricot scrub. <laughs> but as for He-Man and his crew, so after the series went off in 1985... They put out a new series in 1989, which was not good, looked pretty bad. You know, it was like moderned up a little bit and a couple of attempts at reboots. And that was really it for a long time. But now, now it's all coming back like everything Mm -hmm. else. What's old is new. So Netflix has a new series, which is directly following the first series. So it's a sequel to the cartoon that we're talking about today with Kevin Smith as the director. Also, a celebrity voice cast, including Chris Wood, who is in a lot of CW shows. He's playing He-Man. Mark Hamill is Skeletor. Sarah Ooh. Michelle Geller is Tila. And it just goes on and on and on and on and on. I don't know. I'll give it a shot. I am leery of anything Kevin Smith gets involved with at this point in his Why? career. Is it because he's Take too skinny now? He's too Take skinny him down. Now. That's, that's not disturbing. Why. I can't see irre- his irreverence in, mm-hmm. in that universe. Mm-hmm. I just think sometimes he's too precious about things. Sure. Mm-hmm. Precious. Yeah. But I'm really excited for that voice cast. Like, Mark Hamill as Skeletor is pretty great. I, I am into the idea of somebody who has reverence for the material going into it. But part of the charm of this show, as we'll talk about, is it's cheap. They used voice actors and not a lot of them. And it looked cheap. So, like, this slick, multi-tens of millions dollars production with Kevin Smith and, like, a celebrity voice cast feels, I don't know, not quite right, <laughs> but it is what it is. Netflix is also producing a brand new CG He-Man in the Masters of the Universe series, which is completely outside of this. So He-Man Mania is back. They're also making a movie. They're making a movie. Yeah. They're also making new toys. So over the past couple of years here, there's been some revival of the toys. Walmart right now has a WWE Masters of the Universe line, which is just, it's crazy. Like the packaging looks like the old packaging. The figures are in the old shape, but instead of He-Man, it's a He-Man body with like a John Cena head. <laughs> it's a weird mashup. <laughs> what I like a little bit more is Target right now is running a repackaged thing. So Hasbro later went on to buy Mattel. And over the past couple of years, they've been putting out repackagings of some of the original Transformers, the original real Ghostbusters line. Now they're doing Masters of the Universe. So the other day in Target, we saw, you know, original He-Man, original Battle Cat, original Skeletor. Cool stuff. Original Battle Cat looks so good. Yeah, he looks cool. I had a really beat up Battle Cat that belonged to someone, I don't know if it's my brother mm-hmm. or cousin or friend of the family, and I was always really sad at how sad he looked. But I, I like that it's accessible now. Yeah. Because like many lines, there was sort of a niche market for a while. So one of the adult toy companies, Super 7 was putting out this Ultimates line for He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which included them putting out like this new, amazingly detailed Castle Grayskull, where again, the box was like four feet tall 
and it costs like $900 and is impossible to get. So, you know, it's nice that those original things are coming back in a way that if you want to appreciate them and you're down with not having exactly the original, you can do that. Oh man, I'm going to spend $900 for that. It's tempting. It looks pretty cool. I bet. I bet. They also put out a Mega Bloks Castle Grayskull last year, which keeps going on on clearance, and it's this enormous box. But, you know, it's a lot of work. I'm fundamentally lazy. Especially in a Mega Bloks set. Yeah, that's true. You hurt your fingers on those Mega Bloks. But we're not talking about the toys anymore, anyway. Mm-mm. Or maybe we're talking Mm-mm. about them more later. I'm sure we will. We're here to talk about Double Trouble which is an episode in season two of the series down toward the end of the run was directed by a gentleman named Ed Friedman, who was, was a lifer in this animation space. Interestingly, during the, the airing of this in 1984, this dude was in his seventies. What? Yeah. Huh? He only died like 10 years ago. Good on a him. life. Well lived. Well done Friedman. So he, he was like, 130 when he died? That's crazy. <laughs> More or less, give or take. Yeah. Well, when you add in 2020, right? Well, that was like a decade. Oh my God. That's like a whole decade when yeah, it itself. That's right. The show is also known for launching the careers of many writers. So a lot of people who went on to do Batman and shit like that. But here it's J. Michael Strazinski, who went on to be a classical musician. He's well known for Babylon 5, creating that, for writing the Thor movie, for a lot of comic books. But here he was with He-Man, and we'll talk about his writing skills, and maybe they weren't at their apex here. <laughs> God damn it, he tried. You have to cut your teeth on something. It's true. So this aired on November 13th, 1984. I sure do wish I knew it was going on back then. Yeah. There we go. Ooh, what were we seeing? It's contextual feeling. These are the kind of things that put me in a pickle. Because we have talked about, not only this exact week before, we've talked about this week recently. Because the top three movies were Oh God, You Devil, Terminator, and No Small Affair. So, (laughs) Shailen, what do you think the plot of No Small Affair is? Irrelevant. I think there's a photographer involved. But anyway, so I looked at- Yeah, John Cryer and Demi Moore. Yeah. And like he's- got like a micro dick and she's like let me see it i'm gonna take a picture of it and then he goes that's no small affair and like billy barty's involved and he's like oh that's no small affair i, st- I don't know why he's an old-timey newsman <laughs> but <laughs> it was close you, you kind of sounded like him i tried willow yeah yeah willow <laughs> hey ben yeah do you remember in willow when the the witch lady <laughs> yeah. does the noise who uh what's what's her name do the noise, Ben. Uh, I just watched it. <laughs> it's when so she's fighting Belvamore at the end of the movie, and she's got like her little like her wand. She goes like ah na 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 na, and somehow that's like <laughs> it's a spell and it shoots lightning. That movie ruled. Okay, I'm not denying that. I just love that that noise is something that comes up so frequently in our lives. <laughs> yeah, you, the way you brought it up was a really natural segue. <laughs> I'm all about this. <laughs> Can confirm. Just watched Willow a couple months ago. Still rules. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm going to check it out. I'm excited for that show. Excited to replay the NES game. So movies aside, I did look up a couple of events that happened on this exact day in 1984, November 13th. Do you want to know what happened in the world that day? I wish I knew what was going on back then. I desperately wish I knew what was happening. I'm going to tell you, David Levy found his first comet. 
Okay. David yeah. Levy, first comet. Can you believe it? He went on to find millions of comets from there. I don't know who David Levy is. I was like, what are you talking <laughs> I don't, about? I have no idea. It's like the, the son of Eugene Levy? Yes, we'll go with that. That's Daniel. Yeah. Oh, right. But the other thing, big, big news in the world. Ryan Sandberg, the rhino himself, Cubs legend, won National League MVP. Oh, man. And what a year he had. Yeah, he, he hit the ball a lot and he caught it. Yeah. Just put the bat on the ball really well and home runs. Uh, ran, ran the bases. Home runs. Know, just good fundamentals on Sandy there. That's when the game was young. You know, that's when the game meant something. That was before these roided up freaks came in, smashing the ball all over the place. Putting asterisks all over the Hall of Fame. I was going to say, we're still coming off the. Uh, putting the injections Hall of Fame in their guys. asterisks. <laughs> Yeah, the Hall of Fame, big news story. Our listeners are very involved. Sanctimonious baseball writers of America. Yeah, get off your own nuts, baseball writers. (laughs) And that's no small affair. Now, let's get into the show. The opening, it's a a Haim Saban, it's a Shuki Levy. It goes on for like a minute and a half. It's amazing. And the masters of the universe. I am Adam. Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Grayskull! became the mighty battle cat and I became He-Man the most powerful man in the universe only three others share this secret our friends the sorceress men at arms and Orko together we defend Castle Grayskull from the evil forces of Skeletor there's a lot of weird scripting in there what do you mean, Ben? Like the use of the passive voice, fabulous powers were revealed to me when I held my magic sword aloft. And you think, huh. By whom? <laughs> By whom? Where'd you get the magic sword, Adam? Jesus. He's not on Eternia? Yeah, Jesus. Not even the right planet. <laughs> That's right. I held up this magic sword and transformed. He's punching my the camera. My clothes fell off. <laughs> His clothes are falling off. The Lou Scheimer's signature pops up as it does on all these shows, and I fucking love that. Take ownership. I love accountability. How different He Man versus Prince Adam's voice are, considering it's the same dude. It's remarkable to me, and I love it so much. It's sort of okay. So it's sort of like the Superman Clark Kent thing, except the looks here are even closer. Adam, I'm just going to say it, this guy's a hunk. Like he's fucking ripped. Oh. Oh, yeah. He has He-Man's You can face. see it through that tight, tight shirt of his, too. So it's literally like he holds the sword up. He goes through puberty. His voice deepens. And that's the oh, and he's like he's wearing a loincloth. That's the only change. But what I will say, so part of the reason I love the change in voice so much is that I identify people more by the sound of their voice than by how they look. Uh, we go by the timbre of their voice here. Thank you. Mm. 
so I feel like I could have been as bad as Tila in not understanding the difference. It, oh, we'll get there. That whole section just confused the hell out of me. <laughs> I did not understand what was happening. So if I just changed my voice, Shailen, you wouldn't recognize me? Hello. Is that what I mean, if I didn't know Hello, you it's, it's, and I talked to you like Dave. one time and then I didn't see you and then I talked to you another time and you had on different clothes and had a completely different voice, I'd be like, was that the same dude? Okay, but these people I'm see sure. He-Man and Adam all the time. I'm not excusing their stupidity. I'm just saying that it's a better disguise than a pair of glasses. I mean, you know, okay. it's a good thing as we talk about the show. We'll say it here. Everybody's an idiot. They're all dumb. Oh, yeah. They're all they're all really dumb. So <laughs> something on attorney at drugs are really good. As we go. Drugs. So we start here. We meet Skeletor. And he's not with Moss Man. Again, I love Moss Man. He was the best guy. He's with Beast Man. And he's I with- loved the Moss Man prophecies. Yes. My favorite movie. <laughs> Fantastic. And he's with Evil Lynn. And there's a lightning storm. And here you go. Don't laugh, Skeletor. That storm could bring the whole place crashing down. Ah, Snake Mountain can never be destroyed. (laughs) Say what you will about these villains. I like that in the first 10 seconds, they're painted as complete cowards. They're scared of a storm. And then they all sprint up to the roof. That is correct. (laughs) A strange opening. But this huge lightning storm that could potentially take down Snake Mountain. Here's five seconds later. The storm, it's going. There, you see, I told you it was safe. Skeletor, look. (laughs) There's a lot in this show of just, there are like three things we need to accomplish in this show and everything in between, like we're just extending the string to get to that next point, right? Don't think about it. Don't ask. Just go for the ride. Oh, you see, I thought uh, going through this episode, it felt like I had to make dinner, right? And Mm -hmm. someone gave me three different recipes for three completely different meals. And, you know, I I started following the first recipe, but it started at three and ended at seven. And it was 10 steps. And then they just switched the recipe about halfway through what I was doing and gave me steps two and five Uh from the next recipe. That's what this episode was. It was just all over the place. It, it made kind of sense. Like it, you were making a meal, but it just, it was just like a bunch of different ingredients and different parts of instructions and recipes. I, I didn't, it was so hard to follow. That's how you make a stew. That's right. Shailen, what did this remind you of? So I like Dave's analogy because I watched in two halves. I started to watch the episode yesterday and then finished today. And I had to rewatch the entire thing today because I was like, where the fuck? How did they get here? What's going on? And as it turns out, there was no explanation. Right. And then like Orko's plot, which I'm I'm sure we'll get to, or his his side plot, whatever. It makes no sense. Like in the scenes that like just lead to nothing. Time filler. Yeah. There are (laughs) many shows that we've talked about that they have a, a whiff of, huh, you had 20 minutes to fill, and you only wrote 16. This show doesn't have a width. It reeks of it. Yeah. <laughs> this this episode could have been two minutes long, but even to get to the central conceit takes almost half the episode. There's yes. a side plot, which we'll talk about, that literally nothing happens. There are whole scenes that are just meaningless. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it. Me too. Thank you, Shailen. Hashtag... The- uh, a good time was had by all. Hashtag so, thank you, Shailen. So somehow this storm on top of Snake Mountain, it opened up the mountain, but it didn't 
scar the mountain. You know what I mean? Like it didn't make a Mount Rushmore. It opened up a secret passage that had apparently been there for hundreds of years. Do you so, think that's how Mount Rushmore was made then? Just yes. lightning? Yeah. Yeah. It happens. Okay. Since. An act okay. of God. And that's how Donald Trump's going to end up on there. <laughs> Strike of lightning. Well deserved. I have to go. Well as red as blood. <laughs> anyway, so they go into this this cave that has been there for a long time that they didn't know about. And they find a mirror. And it's the mirror of Moravad. And the only way you can announce things in fantasy is with poetry. Beware the mirror of Moravad, where bad is good and good is bad, where one may come, two depart, but only one may have the heart. Heart. <laughs> I've been to my fair share of poetry readings. I think Skeletor's cadence was pretty good. I think Skeletor did a beautiful job reading them. I like that it's always so. it's always in runes as well. They always speak English, but the words that they're reading are always in runes. Hmm. You know? Yeah, it's a, it's a fantasy trope. I tried to spell out Moravad backwards to see if it was like, a, it, like the mirror of Erisad from Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. I was like, clearly, they've got to be doing something clever with this. Nope, it's just Moravad so they can rhyme it with bad. How did you spell Moravad? M-O-R-A-V-A-D? See, I went M-O-R-I-V-A-D. And when you spell that backwards, you get Davi Rom, which is the oh, CD Rom of... Famed screen actor Robert Davi's filmography. Seen your arm for him. Hmm. Ahead of its oh, time. They just play the clips of the movies he's in. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, here's the here's Robert Davi from License to Kill and here's, from Die Hard. From Die Hard and the Goonies. Yeah. No, we don't contextualize it. We don't even give you the the words of what it's called. Give it the old. Uh... What? What? Anyway. Yeah. So they find this mirror, and Skeletor knows that you can use it to make a mirror image of somebody, and he's going to use this to break into Skull and get the power. But he's like, oh shit, who am I going to use? Fortunately for Skeletor, a candidate quickly becomes known. But who? We must hurry, Shadow Master, if we're to keep our appointment with our old friend He-Man. <laughs> This music is so good. Asked and answered, folks. The music is excellent. I pulled the clip later of one song that I particularly enjoyed. <laughs> so this is the character Koldar. And like, what he a He sounds fucking, like this. Or he sounds like this. Like, what a fucking dweeb this guy is. He sounds just like He-Man if he smoked. <laughs> yes. But if he smoked helium. Yeah, yeah. Specifically <laughs> smoking helium. So he wears... I don't know how you do that, but it's awesome. A horned helmet. He's got on armor that kind of looks like football pads if they were gold and a loincloth. Yeah, he looks <laughs> like he's like straight from Hedonism 2. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just like, just, I got to go go see He-Man. I'm coming from my sex party on the beach. <laughs> he looks like the guy who'd be a contestant on Bone and Down. <laughs> Koldar, we're sorry. You don't get the Bone and Down rose this week. <laughs> And he's riding his horse, who's a robot <laughs> horse named Shadow Master, which is like a fucking funny name. Shadow Master is objectively a hilarious name for a character. Shadow Master, master of shadows. <laughs> Look at what it can do. It has no bearing on the plot. No, it does. Be- well, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But I do appreciate how many times he says Shadow Master. It's like Shadow Master, Shadow Master. Like it must just have been such an annoying thing. We're going to sell you as a toy, Shadow Master. (laughs) 
a robot horse. I loved it. So then we cut into what I thought at the time was Castle Grayskull, but it's not. It's some other spot in Eternia, right? And the Prince's Palace. Tila is like, oh, okay. Adam, you're in your little leggings and shit. You got to come see Koldar. And then Adam does this. Oh, that's nice. Uh, wake me when it's over. But, uh, oh, never mind. Okay, I, I found this very confusing for a couple of reasons. One, Tila and Queen Marlena look very similar. So at a glance mm-hmm. from not having watched the show in a long time, I was like, oh, okay. And then Tila, she, she works with He-Man. Like, she does heroic stuff. But she wasn't mentioned in the intro as knowing He-Man's secret. Correct. So I was like, is Adam just, is he like fucking around? Like, is he just being a dick? But no, it's meant to be completely straight that he is just going to take a nap and sleep through. I was like, confounded. I think it's because he realizes, much like we did very quickly, that Mm -hmm. Koldar is kind of a dweeb. Yeah, you think he just doesn't want to hang out with Koldar? Yeah, I thought it was like, oh, I don't want to see that guy. (laughs) Koldar called and his mom answered the phone. He's like, can I come over and play with He-Man? She's like, yeah, of course you can. And then He-Man's like, no, mom, don't. I don't want to play with Koldar. He's a dweeb. But it was too late. She couldn't say no and Koldar had to come over. <laughs> and he I was think there. that's exactly what happened. And like yeah. Ad- Adam's weak lie worked, right? And she leaves and then Adam's like, I have to turn into He-Man. And he sprints across. <laughs> and I'm gonna, I mean, we're going to play the whole transformation, of course. This is probably like the 12th time we've done this on this run of shows, but it's good. By the power of Grayskull. Hey, hey, he has this amazing power, right, that he uses to fight evil. Mm-hmm. But he has to turn into He-Man for what is essentially a meet and greet. Yep. <laughs> like, it just seems like kind of a waste. It's like in the Captain America movie, the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. And they give him the funny costume and they're like, go do a stage show with these dancing girls. You can't see way. the front yeah. lines. Yeah, yeah. As soon as he turned into He-Man, I missed lounging Adam. That shot of him just <laughs> hands behind his He's head. He's working hard, baby. He's like a, like a cat in the patch of sun. Yeah. I wish the the whole episode just showing him doing that would have been amazing. <laughs> if I were a prince, yeah, or a princess or whatever, yes, I feel like I would probably spend long days napping in the sun. Because why the fuck not? Like you're in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. If I were a princess, I would have my foot servants or whatever. I would mm-hmm. have them put a pee under every mattress to see how many mattresses I could still feel a pee under. Yes, I, I too would learn would a lesson on my mattress. Yes, yes, because I could, and it I do. It's strange to me that in the year of our Lord 2020, there are still like princes who functionally do this exact thing. They do nothing, but they're just like rich people who have titles. Yep, paid for by the taxpayers. Yeah, and that's why in 2024, when we drain the swamp, it's out the window. <laughs> We'll be all hailing Prince Baron soon enough. Ooh. <laughs> That's too far, Dave. That's far too fucking He's far. He's a minor. Uh, I'm so sorry. Anyway, so they, they go to the greeting here, and um, hashtag Prince Baron. And um, <laughs> so he's a public figure. So they're talking, right? And like, we have a little of their conversation. What I want you to picture here 
is that Skeletor has this big like half orb thing that he can see everything with, like the omniscient bad guy. Picture that, and I'll, I'm going give, to give a little context to this in a sec. Hold our old friend. Good to see you. Oh, and you, He-Man. It's been too long. Hold on. This could be the very person I've been looking for. That's it. I think Koldar has a head cold, first of all, but... so oh, so good to see you, He-Man. Thanks for having me over. <laughs> from the, from the my s- mom was really excited your mom said I could come play. <laughs> I, brought my, I brought my Thundercat toys. <laughs> <laughs> from the second that Skeletor starts speaking, He-Man reaches out, and he does almost the Predator thing with Koldar, right? And they're, like, they're grabbing arms. He puts his hand on his shoulder... And he's just staring into Koldar's <laughs> eyes, blinking for the next seven seconds while Skeletor gets his monologue out. Their mouths aren't moving. He's just like, it's good to see you, hey man. <laughs> and then, hands on shoulders, just staring at each other while Skeletor plots. You've been pushing too many pencils. What's the matter, Dylan? <laughs> Why is He-Man echoey? Everyone else sounds like just in a normal place. And whenever He-Man speaks... His his voice is like amplified. Well, he has the Did, power. Yeah, but does that happen? Like, don't. Like, it's easier <laughs> I don't to change his voice than to animate him as glowing. It's part of the power. The power. You, you have, it helps the timbre of your voice. See, I thought when his voice echoed, just when he transformed, and it was like, I'm in this like chamber of magic and power or something, mm-hmm. and then it, and then he just goes back to the normal Eternia world. But nope. his voice is always echoing. I would like to posit. That the sound guy was lazy. No, incorrect. And he just didn't want to reset the reverb. Shailen, you've you're... trans, you've transitioned. Now you will stay like this until I have to transition you back. <laughs> People don't come here to listen to Tech Goo Gaga, right? They come here to have us go like, oh, no, the sound guy kicked him in the balls, and then he fucking spiked the mic, right? And he was like, oh, and it made him reverb. You know. In uh. conclusion, <laughs> his voice sounds like that because he has the power. Got it. And the Foley guy got a, a brick dropped on his head and, it, and the yeah. blood got stuck in the soundboard and was like, shit, now we can't change this. But we got we got a cartoon to produce. Yep. That's exactly The guy it. was fine after the brick accident. He was like, the show must go on. Listeners, if you <laughs> want to posit a reason why He-Man is echoey, hit us up at WatchBotsPod on Twitter. Hashtag Echo and the Bunny He-Man. So anyway... So they're all hanging out, right? I like that. <laughs> Slipboard. And so Shadow Master can disappear into shadows as they freak Orko out with it. And then Orko's like, I am going to do a magic trick. He's going to do a magic trick. He's going to do a magic trick. He's a fucking sorcerer thing. Of course he's going to do a magic trick. He does magic tricks all the time. Oh, God, I hate Orko. But this is an important subplot because he, he leaves. He's going to get his shit on the way back. Out, Koldar says something truly weird about the robot horse. Now, Orko, you shouldn't bother Shadow Master. He's very sensitive. <laughs> the music, the sing-songy dialogue, that just felt really <laughs> odd to me. <laughs> He's very sensitive. Much like my, much like my nose right now, because I've been wiping it all day. <laughs> so Orko disappears, and, and then it's a vaseline. <laughs> some nerd from uh, from Eternia with like a Dutch boy hair. <laughs> That comes in <laughs> this page. <laughs> yeah, uh, here he is. He-Man, an urgent message from Cathane. They're under attack by sand crawlers. Ah, sounds like trouble. Sounds like the worst of my head cold. We have to go to Cathane. 
<laughs> but first, I need some Bucinex. Oh my god! So they go. They go to Caffeine. Do you think that that's like caffeine? Yep. Okay. I posit that it's like caffeine. Brought to you by Coca Cola. Mm, go for a good go Coca Cola right now. That's right. Anyway, so they go to Caffeine, and there's these big. <laughs> I mean, they're big red dragons, but they call them sand crawlers. Whatever. And they're there because Beastman sent them there as a distraction, but it's a really confusing distraction, but we'll get there. So, so there's a bunch of these things. The first one we see is met by Tila and Man-at-Arms, and they're in like this flying green car. Good shooting, Tila. That ought to scare it away for a while. So they had to rush to Caffeinay. One laser blast scared that thing away from a while. <laughs> yeah, do, do the people of Caffeine not have... <laughs> they have no a, He-Men. Like a, a laser? Nope, they got nothing. It's not even a He-Man. It's, it's, it's <laughs> Tila. She has no powers. Well, she has lasers. The power of good aim. That is That is more a power than I in have. and of itself. She's a real Annie Oakley. She's the Annie she's Oakley of this show. She's a regular Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Could be. She doesn't have a bow. No, that's bow. Bo has a bow. Bo has a bow. Another nasally man. Yeah. With great abs. Oh, my God. And yes. nipples that could cut glass. Mm-hmm. The best Doesn't kind. Matter. Something to dream about. So uh, <laughs> they shoot down. That's Shailen married you, Ben. That's right. This dragon. and they go, those glass cutters. <laughs> where are your vows? <laughs> hashtag glass cutters. <laughs> One down, three to go, which insinuates that there are four sand crawlers. Correct. And then. Yes. Shadowmaster and fucking Koldar are flying over. A rope shoots out of Shadowmaster's chest. Now, Shadowmaster is the size of a horse, and it looks like a regular rope. But by the time it gets down to this enormous sand crawler, this thing's like a fucking oil pipeline. Like, it's just huge. <laughs> and immediately, it wraps itself around the sand crawler, which falls down. So that's two down. So in theory, there are two left. He-Man flies in, and another separate green car, and he's like... I'm gonna confuse you and he's just like like flim flamming all over the place he confuses and makes the sand crawler dizzy until it falls down which is three and then shadow master and Koldar tie up two more separate ones which now makes five so the math bad math well they had to tie up one of the ones that had been previously defeated so that it wouldn't escape maybe you know Bad math in cartoons is not something I will accept. I will not accept these factual errors. <laughs> Animation can be terrible. The sound quality can be poor. But do not fuck with my arithmetic. <laughs> I am trying to add. My favorite thing, like the, the rope coming out of the horse. There's one scene where the rope finishes. And mm-hmm. it just looks like the horse is cutting this big white dookie. It's, <laughs> it's so funny looking. It's out of his metal ass. He did it all for the dookie. Yeah. Come on. The dookie. How many coils of rope do you think that Shadow Master has embedded within his chest? And this laser robot horse, how many ropes does he have? Unlimited supply. <laughs> okay. He manufactures them as he flies. Okay, you think like he brings in clouds? and It's like a cotton candy machine in there. Yeah. So I think it's literally his poop. What it, Whatever he eats or consumes turns into rope. So, and, and then he scats it out. Are you saying like he's part horse, part robot? I thought he was just all robot. I don't know. I don't understand Eternia. Maybe the robots need to need to live. Anything can happen there. Anything. Yeah. It's a place of magic and fabulous powers. And probably very good drugs. <laughs> so we, we know that there are between four and five sand crawlers. Shadowmaster's flying over two of them. 
And instead of cleaning up all of them and getting them out of Caffeine, letting the fine people of Caffeine go back to their peace, Keely decides to pick up two of them. Come on, Shadow Master. Let's take these sand crawlers where they can't do any harm. <laughs> this looks like a safe place. Cut them loose, Shadow Master. Pick them up. Six seconds later, looks good. <laughs> Hopefully these sandworms don't crawl, uh, you know, a half a mile. <laughs> they can't break this loosely coiled rope. I mean. The, the dookie rope. It's kind of magical. <laughs> they had to get out there. But again, it's just the plot stringing along here because you need to get to the, the true distraction, which is Koldar hears a woman screaming help. And like all good nasally warriors, Koldar very, very horny. So he lands in the cave where he hears the distress call. And here's where shit gets fucked up. Are you all right? Can I help you? Too late for that, Koldar. Too late to help anyone. <laughs> Including yourself. Evil Lynn. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> she reveals herself with this big arm flourish. So let's take a half step back. So the plan of Beastman, it couldn't have just been, let's have a woman in distress. It had to be, we need to set up the sand crawler thing. Mm-hmm. And then we just know that Koldar will use like the horse shit rope to drag these things away. Evil yeah, Lynn will he, hide in a uh, cave. Koldar always flies east. <laughs> in a completely separate location. And we will ensnare him. Like what would have happened if it was that venerable man at arms that had come in there? What would they have done then? Actually, they probably could have just made a copy of him. It didn't have exactly. to be Exactly, it didn't have to be Koldar. Uh, yeah. In the layers. But they wanted Koldar. They preferred him. For some reason. <laughs> it's like, I prefer a certain kind of ice cream, but if all that's available is the other brand, I'll eat it. Yeah, you like prefer a certain kind of nipple on your man, and if it's yeah. cut glass, then you'll marry it. Yeah. Just the one time, though. Hashtag right. heart, uh, heart of glass. Hashtag nipple of glass. I wondered if the the lady in distress was supposed to be a backup plan. Like they thought that the sand crawler guys were going to be enough to like capture him. And when they weren't, they were like, well, shit, what are we going to do now? I know, lady in distress. So you're saying there was more nuance to this than meets the eye. I'm saying that if you want to afford some intelligence to either the writers or the characters, that there is a way to do it. Well, you know what? I do want to afford some intelligence to these characters. So thank you so much for bringing it up. You're welcome. All I'm saying is this is the sandworms were Julie and the peppers mm-hmm. chop up, dice up the onion. And next thing you know, you have to turn the heat up on the oven and, and watch the rice boil. Or oh. something. It's it's like, where, where are we going? Where is this going? I have no idea. Well, the heat has been turned up mm-hmm. on Koldar. Oh, oh no. Quiet. <laughs> it's me. Hmm. What? You, but you're opposite. The mirror makes the reverse of whatever it sees. Well, double. <laughs> Mind you, this is like nine and a half minutes into the episode, so we we have a lot of setup to get to this fairly simple conceit. We're back to the mirror, which we introduced 30 seconds into the show. <laughs> yeah. In case you forgot, we need to restate nine years what this past. does. This pet cemetery mirror. <laughs> As Koldar, I, I forgot to mention something, uh, something that is very important here. We said that Shadow Master being able to turn into Shadow meant nothing. But in fact, it means something right here because Koldar goes into the cave with Shadow Master and he says, Shadow Master, 
hide in the shadows. And Shadow Master <laughs> retreats back into a shadow and is therefore invisible, right? Right. Yes. They make the double. The very next cut is they go. Shadow Master is no longer in Fucking shadow. Shadow Master. He's hanging out, but maybe it's because of these. These magic stones will let us control the beast. <laughs> Skeletor is holding stalagmites or something, prisms of some sort, these magic stones. Little uh, healing crystals. Yeah. Yeah. They lured Shadow Master out. It's, just, it's ah, The ionic properties of these crystals will allow me to control Shadow Master <laughs> and heal my cancer. Just awful, awful stuff. I just love the convenience of it. They started to write the cartoon. They get to this point. And they're like, oh, what do we do with the horse? These magic stones will take care of him. <laughs> so they could have used the magic stones to control Koldar, they didn't need the mirror. So I like when cartoons introduce like new gadgets or or like artifacts that pretty much cut the legs out from underneath the main artifact that they've introduced. It, it's it's a good time. Yep. Yeah. There's just things upon things being introduced here because not only does he get magic stones, he also gets like this sleep ray thing. It looks like a lightsaber with the idea that if fake Koldar sets it off. It will make everyone in Castle Grayskull fall asleep because it's a cartoon. You can't kill anybody. So Skeletor's goal, it's not to like permanently rid himself of He-Man and the crew. It's to make them sleepy so he can get the power and then he'll wake them back up. So he can wield the power. To what end? Who's to say? It seems to me you could do both. You know, here's a bomb. Here are more magic stones that will blow up yeah. and kill He-Man. But no one dies. It's fine. You can't sell toys of a dead character as easily when they're not trucks. Uh, not true. Be- oh, damn it. I was going to say Optimus Prime. And you beat me to the punch. Yes, I did. They sell figures of dead wrestlers all the time. That's true. Yeah. They sell figures of a lot of dead people. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But when it's the character who dies versus the actual human being, somehow that's more difficult. Uh, it's weird. Uh, in the World Wrestling Federation, these superstars are larger than life characters. Yeah, they live forever in our hearts. Yeah. And on the WWE Network. Yeah, $9.99. Although less now if you have Peacock. Now on Peacock. Bet they were peacocking around when they signed that deal, huh? Ha. Ha. <laughs> peacocking around a term that not many people use these days. <laughs> I'm going to bring it back. Peacocking around after bringing it back. Really peacocked it up there. <laughs> anyway. So Koldar, fake Koldar now. We need a name for fake Koldar because I'm not using three Foldar. syllable. Foldar. Foldar feels like a tongue uh. twister. But I'll, I'm willing to go with it. I'm willing to try. Fake Dar. No, that's, no. It's easier to say. What about Noldar? N- Nodar. <laughs> We've come up with four or five thoroughly horrific options. We'll, we'll switch back and forth. This so this this fake what about ass. Pol- it's it's Paul Dark, and he's a a nineteen eighties BBC show about um about a pirate or something. Yeah, we'll go with Paul Dark. <laughs> sure, we'll try Paul Dark. Yeah. So Paul Dark meets back up with the crew. He's on Shadowmaster, right? <laughs> and you start to learn a little bit about the relationship between He Man and his friends in a few short seconds. So there you are. You had us worried. Huh? Oh yes. But I'm fine, uh, Taylor. Now let's get back to the palace. I've never seen him so impatient. What? <laughs> he just said he wanted to go to the castle. How patient a man must Koldar be 
if that one sentence had He-Man, who apparently they've had glorious battles together, he says, I've never seen him so impatient. Because he's excited to go to a castle he's not welcome in. No, he is welcome. But he's not really. Yeah. Because they're going to the they, palace, not to right. Castle Grayskull. The point is, something's amiss, but nobody knows it. So they go they go to the palace. And I don't know that I grabbed this whole conversation because it goes on for about four and a half minutes. But it's like, you know when you're talking to a little kid sometimes and like they try to like semantics you? Oh, you can have anything you want for dessert. Do you mean anything? Sure, whatever you want. Well, then I want a triple hot fudge sundae. And you're like, well, that's not really what I meant. Yeah, well, we don't have hot fudge, but you said I could have anything. Anything. Yeah. This show does the same exact thing between consenting adults. But now I have a favor to ask of you. Of course, just name it. Anything? Well, yes, anything. Very well, then. I wish to see the inside of Castle Grayskull. What? I've heard so much about it, I'd love to see it with my own eyes. And you did say anything, He-Man. It's quite a request, Koldar, but you're right. I did say anything. (laughs) (laughs) I'm honor-bound to fulfill this ridiculous request. Tila is taken aback. like She's blown backwards by the gravity of this request. So apparently it's a big deal. But He-Man's like, oh, yeah, I guess that's okay. I'm unable to say no. And if that's the only thing, like all that's all Skeletor had to do was make He-Man promise something. Be like, well, fuck, I'm honor bound <laughs> to do him a this favor now. or something. Yeah, some fucking crazy stuff. So they go into Castle Grayskull, the two of them, Poldark and He-Man, and the inside of Castle Grayskull, it looks like it's got like coral reef. It looks like a grayed out version of the Dream Worlds and Doctor Strange and shit like that. I love the sets in He-Man. And Shira too. Like the the um, mm-hmm. they get the filmation gets the sets right. Very eerie looking when they have to be. Very pleasant and idyllic when they're in Eternia. It's it, it's good. It's good background work. They it's true. They get weird when they need to. Right. They know what room to put the fuck mirror in. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you hang it up. You get those anchors in the ceiling so that thing doesn't come down when you're when the when that vans are rocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here is where the deception is revealed. Uh, kind of, sort of, anyway. Welcome to Castle Grayskull, Koldar. Now, what's the first thing you want to see? No, He-Man, the question is, what's the first thing you're going to see? I don't understand it. What am I going to see? You're going to see me disappear. <laughs> Koldar! So, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> no, no, see, I can explain it, okay. So Coldar okay, throws a smoke bomb, right, and then he disappears. So He Man can right. no longer see him. That makes perfect right. sense. And he well, runs get... away to find the magic. I get that. What I don't get is like, why did Coldar's in Grayskull, right? Right. He He Man has to show him the secrets, right? So he just assumes that as soon as he gets into Grayskull, Skull, he's going to get the secrets. Well, no, because he didn't ask to see the secrets, which he probably should have, given this weird honor thing. He just asked to go inside. He could have just asked directly, can I see the source of your power? Well, I'm honor bound to show you. I'm actually Adam. <laughs> so he runs the away. End of the show. And then we cut to commercial and we come back and you hear Poldark laughing. Just laughing randomly all over the place. It is needless. <laughs> <laughs> he man meets with the sorceress in a scene that only exists to cut 40 seconds off the runtime. And sorceress, I guess she lives in Castle Grayskull. Maybe she's the one. 
but she's wearing like a falcon mixed with Joseph's amazing Technicolor dream coat. Because she's the fucking yes. sorceress. She's the fucking, fucking sorceress. Cool. And she basically says, well, Castle Grayskull is a safe haven for He-Man's friends. So. I can't use I can't, my power against I can't against do anything. Him. And He-Man's like, well, I'll find him. And it's like, th- that conversation didn't need to happen. I didn't find myself going, geez, what kind of magic would keep this guy out? I <laughs> Like, why was that the plot hole they chose to fill? I was like, wouldn't you still try? If he just attacked He-Man, are they still friends? Could yeah, you try yeah. to stop him? Or like, could she look around? Like, she can't do magic. <laughs> could she like open a door? Sorceress, there's, there's something nefarious going on. Maybe you could go with He-Man or help him look. Well, and also his actions prove immediately he's not really He-Man's friend. So like, how fickle are these rules? Like at any right. point that he right. was his friend, does that make her null? Or Who knows? <laughs> it's strange stuff. So now we're back at Snake Mountain with the real Koldar, and what he does here is like he's a little tricky guy. So he's got like a wrist laser, and he's in this weird force field, but he can lift up his arm and use his wrist laser to shoot the cover off the mirror. And then Skeletor walks in, and he tries to shoot at Skeletor, but Skeletor does a little hop, skip, and a front flip. He ends up in front of the mirror, and he's like, yeah, see? And then he leaves, but what he doesn't realize is that there's a copy of Skeletor now. And not just any Skeletor. Now I just hope that the mirror did what it's supposed to do, and that you're a good version of Skeletor. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Believe me, please. Skeletor would never lie. That's true. We've watched two shows with Skeletor, and in both of them, he's fairly wholesome. So maybe he's wholesome all the time. I love good guy Skeletor so much. <laughs> but, so good guy Skeletor will be known as uh, Felator. I was going to say Felator. <laughs> hey, Fel- Fella. Felator. Good, good Felator. <laughs> offers. Swellator. Swellator Ooh, offers to let one. Koldar out of the force field so he can go to Eternia and warn everybody. But rather than do that, Koldar sends Swellator, who will still look like their mortal enemy over instead to explain himself. And, and he does. So he leaves. There's no time to free me from this cage to explain to my friends yeah. what to do. You, mortal enemy of you must of go. go. You go. You okay? go. Yeah. Please, please, you go. Tell I'm the Shadow real Master. To be fair, like he's keeping himself pretty safe inside that little force field. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a good point. That's real deal, Koldar. <laughs> so now the real motherfucking deal y'all <laughs> we're back inside castle grayskull and we see poldark and he's like in just this room with like boxes and shit and it was weird because i didn't watch much of this show as a kid but when he man enters the room i realized he and i share like like a motto so in the new house i'm fortunate to have an office where i could put like a bunch of my shit and when shaylin tries to come in there this is the thing she always hears from me you're trespassing in the Hall of He-Man. And, <laughs> you know. What's weird is that he has like this echo microphone thing that makes the no- the, the sound too. Yeah, I pick yeah. up a bullhorn with a modulator on it. And yeah, we got yeah. where we need to be. You're in your work loincloth. <laughs> but Poldark picks up a thermos and he shoots out these two testicles, like these two like sackless testicles. They're called Positroids. Positroids. And he runs away. He-Man quickly defeats the balls like within seconds. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. 
It's like the person who wrote the episode had seen an episode of Get Smart recently, and they mm-hmm. were like, oh, this is going to be funny. It's like the, the He-Man version of Messing with the Gadgets. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I didn't say they did a good job. Messing with the Gadgets. The Positroids looked like... um. Shailen, you know this. You know when anal beads come out? Like, they just look <laughs> like anal beads, like, popping out. <laughs> you see it every week on Bone and Down. Yeah. I'm telling you, they look like testicles. Look up testicles. Unsacked. Unmasked. Have you guys seen the joke face yep. mask that makes your face look like testicles? What? What the fuck? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's really off-putting and really funny. It also kind of makes the person wearing it look like Squidward. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's all right. I like that. <laughs> the droopy? The hairy? Uh, no. They're like, well, droopy. They're kind of sculpted looking like wrinkly. Okay. They're Are kind they, of uh, sculpted it, looking wrinkly. They're, they're like California raisins? Is it like a taut sack? Is it like a, a sack in heat where it just kind of, you know, droopy? You can't pull up a picture. This is not a visual show. I need to understand exactly what Dave means by a sack in heat. When positroids get hot, they, they tend to droop. And, and when they get cold, they, they, they shrink up. They go back in the thermos. So yeah. here we had my favorite piece of music in the entire show. <laughs> like, <laughs> So the transition between scenes is often this big spinning He-Man logo, and it's He-Man. I love how subtly they brought it into some of the other music, just in case you forgot for a quarter second what show you were watching. They're always happy to tell you. Really inspired Denver the Last Dinosaur. (laughs) So then that same Dutch boy from before came in to meet Man-at-Arms and Tila, who are in Eternia again. They're not at Castle Grayskull. And he brings in Swellator, who's like, listen, I'm good Skeletor. You got to believe me. And they do. And then they go back to Castle Grayskull, where they already were and were uncomfortable with the situation, but they just completely left. Swellator discovers the freeze ray, freezes himself with it like an idiot. They shoot it, and then they go, this guy's telling the truth. (laughs) All of this is like, The real Skeletor (laughs) would surely never show us a deceptive plot. What are we doing here? (laughs) Right, right. Well, he should thaw now. He got frozen or something, right? For like yeah. a quarter second, yeah. Yeah, and they're like, he, we, he needs to thaw. They need to thaw we, him we, out, we, yeah. And yeah. They, they do immediately. Like the, I, I want to see the thawing process. Like he's got like a little hot pack around his head. They could have had that instead of He-Man talking to Sorceress for no reason. There's a lot of things that happen here for no reason. <laughs> yeah. But now we come to the crux of the episode. We really meet, <laughs> we meet the most important character. And who might you be? I am the guardian of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. You have come for the power? Yes, of course. This is the guardian of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. He looks like a horny, like literal horns, uh, Olmec from Legends of the Hidden Temple. That is accurate. He has a voice that is reminiscent of another humongous pop culture character. Now entering the World Martial Arts Council Arena, Hien, Nguyen, Ki, Simba, Tsunami. That, of course, is the announcer from WMAC Masters, the Fox <laughs> karate show from the 90s. See, I thought it sounded like, uh, did you ever see John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness? Yes. The sense, this is a test. This is only a test. Sounded like that. Very much like that. But the Guardian's whole job 
It's to guard the secrets of Castle Grayskull, which makes the rest of the castle fairly irrelevant. But its mode of protection is to tell, like, a riddle, (laughs) and it's like, what do you want the power for? And And the answer is so fucking obvious. Like, if you choose bad, if you choose bad power... Something bad's going to happen to you. So just lie and say for good. So he asked you the question. Chose poorly. And they zoom out and there's fucking two doors there. There's not like 70 doors. There's two doors. It gets better. <laughs> and Poldark's like, I want the power for power. <laughs> and the guardian says, the door on the left. Why does he listen? Why doesn't he open the door on the right when he knows? Because Poldark is an idiot, just like Koldar. They're both dummies. Uh, No, Koldar is not an idiot. Poldark is. uh, He's opposite. Opposites. But then again, he doesn't have a choice because once he said his answer, the left door opened. The right door is sealed shut. That's true. By magic. Anyway, here's what happens. That is the light that reveals your true self. For that is the wrong door. It wasn't Koldar at all. It was a double, a mirror image. (laughs) But... I, <laughs> an exact replica. <laughs> How would you know it's a mirror image? A but, facsimile. <laughs> I can't get over this idea. Like This leaves so much to chance that you're going to do this riddle deal, right? And you assume that a bad person won't lie, which is crazy. But there are still only two doors. Like If the person lied, they would get the power. <laughs> I, there should be hundreds of doors. Let's go back to Indiana Jones. And the Last Crusade, right? Like, yes. there's a lot of fakes in there with the idea that like dummies are going to choose badly. The smart person will choose correctly. Like they'll know what to look for. He was but a here, carpenter. It's like he was humble. You're like left or right. It's fifty fifty. Like that seems awfully haphazard. The penitent man. The penitent man. The penitent man. I was uh, at the grocery store tonight, and I do this every week. I just I, I go up and down when I'm ready to check out. I go up and down the aisle mm-hmm. to see which cashier. I think is a good cashier. And I, ch- I choose poorly every time. Sure. This woman I had took like 15 minutes to check me out and, and, you know, bag my groceries. It was ridiculous. And all I could think of was Richard Harris's crusade night <laughs> telling me, you chose poorly. <laughs> and then I shattered into a, the, the, the mirror image. It happens to the best and a of good us. time was had by all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the facsimile, a copy, a double. A mirror image. A reflection of himself. I've still got the power. Shall I have the power? I'm so happy for you. Thank you. So now they cut Get to- Get out of my office. <laughs> they cut to commercial. <laughs> We're still in the crux of the action here. The real Koldar is missing. There's a swellator running around. But we come back from commercial. And what do we see? This entire- Misplaced scene. E-Man, I've been looking all over for you. I wanted to show you that new trick I came up with. Now, now listen, let me get my stuff, and I'll meet you at Man at Arms Lab. But, poor Orko. I guess I'll have to see his trick later. <laughs> what the fuck was this? Like, this weird calliope music? Like, what was going on? When this started, I thought it was like um like an interstitial for a PSA. Yeah. Oh, they were just going to have a quick break and Orko's going to teach us about how to not cheat on your homework or something like that. But nope, it's part of the plot for some reason. Kind of. Yep. It's fucking, it's weird. I like, I, I don't want to just say it's weird, but it's just, it's crazy to me that they just had this scene that it matched nothing before and nothing after. 
to remind you about a magic trick that came up like three minutes earlier that there's no way you would have forgotten. It's kind of like they expected children to be watching and they didn't really care about sequence of events as long as they managed to shoehorn the right number of minutes between commercials. No, it's like they had shot the entire episode, realized they were 40 seconds short and said, what is the least interesting thing we could do? We can't (laughs) Uh, touch the main uh, plot. uh, Orko's magic trick. (laughs) Come back to it. Anyway, so they do. So the crew with Swellator decide to go off to Snake Mountain to save Koldar. There's too many names here. And Skeletor, the real Skeletor, still up to no good. Beastman, prepare Koldar for the freeze chamber. We'll see if being put on ice for a while will cool him off a bit. Freeze, winter, ice. <laughs> and then what killed the dinosaurs? What? The Ice Age. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. It's subtle. So he tells Beastman to freeze Koldar because he's looking a little warm and he needs to be chilled out. And Beastman walks across the chamber, opens up a door, and he sees Swellator. And he's like, don't be so cold hearted. <laughs> Here's where the fun begins. Uh, the cold fun. Ice. Now go prepare him. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, oh, boy. And what do you think you're doing? But you said. <laughs> and in case you were wondering, but listeners, you said this back and forth, the two Skeletors, it goes on for well over a minute. <laughs> it's just Beastman wandering across the chamber, talking to two Skeletors and walking back and forth. It was fun the first time. By the third time, I had kind of gotten the point. I, I was I was ready to move on here. I was wondering when you would tap out. And when I was watching this, I was like, Ben's got to tap out somewhere. And it's it was three. Okay. I've never tapped out anywhere on this show. I muddle through. <laughs> Tapping out is really more my thing, I feel like. Yeah, it's my I mean my marketable scale okay. is just a dogged determination to <laughs> enjoy shit. Figurative shit, not literal shit. I'm not some fucking weird sick fuck, you know? Uh, you, you you have there's some things you do not have patience for. A couple episodes ago you you couldn't even I forget what it was, but you couldn't even deal with it. Yeah. Or, uh, what was it? I can't remember, but you had lost it. Well, I mean, I'll lose it at, at lack of logic. I will lose it at things that are dull. This wasn't that. Well, I guess it got a little dull, but it's fine. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's fine. At, at, at three, you were like, I'm done. I am done. It's fucking boring watching a fucking I'm like, not calling you animal out. dude. I don't know why you're fucking mad at me. You know what? I'm out. See ya. <laughs> I'm out. I'm quitting. <laughs> I can't this finish this without the two of you. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll guess I'll move on then. So... <laughs> He-Man punches through the mountain. I'm sorry. It looks like he's <laughs> punching through the camera. <laughs> and it goes, ding! And he punches through. And then the two Skeletors are there. And they're talking at the same time. And they're like, Ma, I'm the real Skeletor. Ma, I'm the real Skeletor. But He-Man, genius that he is, comes up with the ultimate test. Repeat after me. He-Man, I am your friend. He-Man, I am your friend. He-Man, I am... I can't do it, and I do not look like you. So he zaps away and leaves Snake Mountain undefended, so He-Man and his crew take it, and Skeletor can never return to Snake Mountain. Or I'm assuming that's what happened. They don't say it. Would seem like a wasted opportunity to not do that. This is the point in the episode Uh where I was like, but wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? 
<laughs> here was the point of the episode? <laughs> no, no. In it wasn't the sandworms or the <laughs> the the mirror of Moravad. Right, like Skeletor zapped away, but ostensibly he still has a bunch of dudes to protect his shit. I, I, I mean, maybe not, because Swellator walks into the mirror, breaks it on the way through. And they're just like, and then all is well. <laughs> and all is well. We go back to Eternia. Again, not Castle Grayskull, Eternia, where Orko is finally getting ready to do his magic trick. He walks in front of a mirror, and Man of Arms is like, well, it'd be good to have two Orcos. And first of all, Man of Arms like, that's, that's, that's fucking, not true. That's fucking that's dumb. Patently, patently false. Orcos suck shit. But then... <laughs> Fucking Queen Marlena pops around the corner like she's in like an episode of Laughing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the ending. <laughs> really, Orko? We're just redecorating. If you don't like the mirror, just say so. <laughs> Did I say something funny? <laughs> <laughs> what in the world? Voiced by a uh, 65-year-old Princess Leia. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say something funny? Give me a pack of Winstons. Oh, Han. Then we get a we get a PSA, and it's Orko and Man at Arms. Them saying don't judge a book by its cover in every way except actually saying that. And Orko's like, it's something to reflect on. And I thought that was kind of dumb. Very few people are all bad. Yeah, and very few people are all good. Actions speak louder than words. That's right. In the Amazing Spider-Man, the um, the Andrew Garfield one, right, where <laughs> they can't say like with great power comes great responsibility, right? Because I guess they thought that line was played out, so they had Uncle Ben stammer through like this forty-second speech, being like, "Oh my god, <laughs> when a man <laughs> is given, you know, a lot of power, he has to do everything within his power to do the right thing with that power." And it's the most you awful- have to be responsible. <laughs> With that power. There's something There's a to be lot said of things for that come with it. That if you could do good things for other people, you had a moral obligation to do those things. That's what's at stake here. Not choice, responsibility. That's one of the best honest trailers. Yeah. The line where they say, they struggle through trying to find a different way to say the this very iconic thing, line. But anyway, that's <laughs> Spider-Man. And we're going to grade this on one to five magic stones. We'll start with that. Five magic stones. Wow. This cartoon has everything I want in a kitschy, nostalgic cartoon. Uh Uh-huh. The animation is kind of shitty but funny. The voice acting is hysterical Mm -hmm. and lovely. The music kicks ass. The plot is hard to follow, so much so that I'm not bored. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's so insanely filled with holes. You were like, yes, I like this. Exactly. I'm into it. I'm into it. Okay. Dave? I have all the same reasons that Shalyn has, but I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Because of the plots. It's just too <laughs> complicated. That's fair. Because of what's missing and lacking and the things that they decided to add in to make up for the time. Like it just, it's, it's very jumbled. But to echo Shalyn, much like He-Man's voice, yeah, the animation is shitty but fun. The voice acting is hilariously shitty. It's, it's good. I will split the difference. I will say four and a half. The more I think about it, the more I liked it. Like in watching it, I was like, yeah, this is okay. But then I keep thinking about the weird dialogue and the weird, silty action and that it is incomprehensible, but 
it's incomprehensible in a way that you want to see more of it, right? Some shows we watch are so fucking opaque that it's like I don't I don't want to see the adventures of Conan anymore. But but this like it's so fucking goof, You're wrong, goofy <laughs> and half witted that yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling it. And um would you show it to a child? Yeah. Absolutely. Too homoerotic. No. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just playing. I would totally show it to a child. Too much muscle. <laughs> Too glistening. Too glistening. Gross. Yes, that's right. Too glistening. Those glistening on, magic swords. On tonight's episode of Bone and Down. Now, Shailen. Yes. As is the burden when you pick the show, you must also, you know, talk the talk and walk the walk of a game. I would like to welcome you guys to a game that is entirely subjective tonight, which means that there will be no winners. And in a way, that makes all of us a winner. Orko talked about how actions speak louder than words, but not everyone is totally evil, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. It brought me down this path of thought where our five-year-old for the last couple of years has been really fixated on, is it a good guy or a bad guy? And is he all good or all bad? And what caused this character to decide to do the bad thing? And when did they change and why? And all his motivations. Hop off a good foot and do the bad thing. It's a lot, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's pretty heavy shit. And so my original thought was I was going to find examples of the bad guys in cartoons doing the good thing, right? Okay. That, as it turns out, is extensive research that I was not equipped to handle in the short amount of time I had to dedicate. (laughs) So instead, I have a list of very bad guys and some good guys. And I'm going to charge you with coming up with a plot for their show where the bad guy does something very good or the good guy does something very bad. And I will rank you on creativity, believability within its own universe and how much we laugh. I okay. are, are these real good guys and bad guys? <laughs> yes. I'm as confused as I was when they were explaining how Castle Grayskull worked, but it's fine. <laughs> so, confunded. What is the name of this game? Duality of Man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm in. <laughs> All right, Ben. You're going to start us off. <laughs> okay. You are going to tell us a story, Uh a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle-related story, Uh where Shredder has to do something as a good guy. Uh Tell us his motivation for changing and what he did. So our old pal Shredder, Masato Yoshi. No, wait a minute. He was the good guy. Anyway, Shredder. He's got this plan, right? And he's going to poison the pizzas that the Ninja Turtles eat so that he can steal the power and rule New York with them. But when he goes to the pizza place, right, he sees that it's being run by this old fella. He might be Italian. He might not be. I'm not going to do stereotypes here. And he accidentally uh, slits the guy's throat and (laughs) leaves leaves him a, a widow and the widow is dying. So Shredder decides to play it straight and run the pizza place like good for a few days until the widow's back on her feet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And it's called. um, What is this episode called? 
Shredder's House of Pizza. It's called a, a Shred of Dignity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. Okay. You're going to tell us a story about one time on Star Wars when Emperor Palpatine did a good thing. And you have to tell us why he did it and what was the outcome. Okay. So what was the good thing he did, why he did it, and the outcome. All right. So this is harder than I thought it was going to be. You chose the most evil man in movies. Would you prefer a different character? Because I'm no, willing no, no, to no. I'll, I'll take the challenge. Okay. Palpatine discovers that Ray is his granddaughter. And he goes to take her from his his daughter or son. It's not explained in the movie at all. It's it's really it's really annoying. And it turns out that there's another kid there too. They have two children. There's Ray and then there's another another kid and he's a boy. And the boy is is crying and he's hungry, but Palpatine just wants Ray, but he can't stop looking at this boy who's crying and hungry. So he takes the boy and he holds him and Palpatine with all his Sith powers um, breastfeeds him. Sure. Yeah. And he keeps talking about colostrum and how Sith are rich with it. And he feeds the boy as the boy is sated and he hands him back to the mother and father, but he, he can't take Ray for some reason. So then he, he, yeah, so he then he he leaves uh, and he leaves Ray behind and he leaves the the mother father and and a uh, little baby boy fed with Sith milk all yeah just satisfied. You can say a lot of things about what I was expecting from this game. The phrase Sith milk never crossed my mind. <laughs> Why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what was the name of this? Uh, Sith milk. Is it just called Sith milk? <laughs> um. Star Wars episode six and a half, the Sith breast. Interesting postscript to that story. Sith milk proved to be so popular. You'll see it on the shelves today. Silk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. It's actually a, an episode of Clone Wars and it's called a uh, breast assured. <laughs> so now that we've explored every evil has a little good inside it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're each going to take a turn with a good guy turning evil. Oh, fuck. Oh, boy. Oh, oh boy, boy. Can't wait. Hey, Ben. Yeah. Tell us about the time that Captain America turned evil. Oh, no. Ripped from the and headlines. why? And then name it. So that bastion of humanity, Captain America, you know, they call him a Boy Scout. They call him the perfect man. But I say nay. Beacon of masculinity. I say nay. Because one day he <laughs> he was hanging out and he was like, man, I love America, right? And then he saw, it was last November, I believe, was the time frame. <laughs> and he had been reading on the internet these conspiracy theories about like trafficking <laughs> and things like that, right? And he didn't like what he saw on those days in November and he took action and he went to the Capitol 
and he was wearing like a fucking like headdress or something. And then like a, an elk pelt. Yeah. And he kept screaming, I am the law. The name of the story is fighting for truth. <laughs> Captain America, definite conservative, right? No. No? Captain America, in fact, has examples from like the 50s where he is anti-racist. Hmm. Well, not anymore. Hey, Dave. Tell us about that adventure that Simba had, the Lion King, where he was evil. (laughs) Hmm. So in Lion King, there's there's a, a passage of time that's not really accounted for. You know, he meets Timon and Pumbaa when he's a he's a young cub. And the next thing you know, he's a man lion and uh, he's all grown up. So what happened in between there? Well, Simba had some growing up to do. And they had a fabulous song and dance number. Exactly. And it, it marked the passage of time. But he had some growing up to do and he had some he had some learning to do as well. So in that time, uh, Timon and Pumbaa, you know, they taught him how to eat grubs. They taught him how to catch fish in that awesome lagoon that they they lived near. But Simba had his natural lion urges would come through and he would get hungry, hungry for meat, hungry for blood. And so one morning Pumbaa woke up and found the tail of Timon being slurped up by Simba and and Timon and, and Pumbaa was like, Simba, put him down, put Timon down. But Simba didn't. He had eaten Timon. <laughs> he was dead. Now, you're probably asking Dave, like, what happens in the second half of the movie of The Lion King? Like, Timon's there. But that's not Timon. And you'll notice that they never name him Timon after that musical number marks the passage of time. They never call him Timon. He is a, a different meerkat that they met and befriended during that montage. So Simba, he had some learning to do, but he was, he was not the great young King that we know him as at the end of the movie. He ate Timon. All right. Yeah. The episode of that is called, um, T for two, two for Timon. (laughs) Cats got your tongue. (laughs) Simba's bloodlust. Kitty's pride. Mm hmm. I would like to congratulate tonight's winner, Dave. Wow. Yes. This is horseshit. Why? For not bringing up current politics in our discussion. You automatically disqualified yourself in spite of how great Shredder's House of Pizza would have been. (laughs) Yeah. A shred of dignity. Um, Also, Ben, the name of your Captain America story would have been called The Insurrection Connection. Okay. This was an excellent edition of Duality of Men. So should I do the He-Man voice? Yeah, I'll, I'll put a little reverb in there. Thank you. Um, and you. perhaps in the future, we'll get to play again. Wow. What a tease. That was fun for me. That is great. Listeners, hit us up at hashtag Pooality of Man with your scenarios. <laughs> That's hashtag Pooality of Man. Ask for it in your local grocer. On to the mailbag. Bridgerton is a classy, horny show that people like. Mm-hmm. What's a show that you'd like to see a horny version of? And keep it above boards. Don't take the easy path and say Smurfs. Thanks, Rutherford B. Hayes. Hmm. People do like that Bridgerton. I haven't seen it, 
But Shailen, I know you've watched it. I did watch it. And anytime that I've walked into the room <laughs> when you're watching it, there's people they're just railing. Shailen just shut it off. Yeah. <laughs> no. There's, like, there's well, a flush in the room. Like they're, they're just yeah. railing all Literally the time. Literally every single time that Ben entered the room when I had it on, people were fucking. I'm here for it, but man. My wife watched that show really quickly, just in like a week. And I would come down. I think one day we were playing Call of Duty or something. We had plans to play Call of Duty. And I was like, oh, I got to go down. And, like, and we only have the one TV in the house. So I had to wait for her. And every time I made a joke about like, oh, they're going to have sex. They would have yeah, sex. Yeah. yeah. It's not subtle. It's hot sex. It was great. Great to watch. <laughs> Netflix is hottest. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a show where there's actual like ST anywhere. That would make it ST sexual tension. Thank you. Thank Nobody you. would know what that means. <laughs> um, great tension. Yeah, that's right. I think it's hard, right? Because this has been done a lot in pornography, mostly, where it's like, oh, this ain't the Avengers XXX. And it's very like ham fisted, you know? So I think the key is to keep it classy. It's got to be tasteful and it's got to have a plot that makes that you want to like watch, right? So it's yeah. got to have, it can't be just sex scenes. Connected by yeah. a couple story threads. Heathcliff. Ugh. <laughs> Heathcliff, Heathcliff, show your wood. There's a lot of romantic tension in there, right? Not in a real way. What? what She's not about? that interested. No, the other one with like the the foxy one who's wearing the exercise gear. Mm. And she's with the fat kitty with the hat and the scarf. I have two. Okay. Please. Sonic the Hedgehog, the one with Sally. <laughs> yeah. You might come for Sally Acorn, but you, you mm-hmm. stay for Sonic's big blue blur. Gotta go fast. Yeah. I think seeing those characters like really embrace their sexuality mm-hmm. and partake in romance, I think would really elevate that story of saving the fucking forest that they live in from, from Robotnik. You know, and also them consummating those relationships mm-hmm. might, it adds some tension and adds some drama to... Them, you know, they might get lost, and you care about these characters now. You know, you saw their dick, you saw their their jibblies, right? You're, uh, Do they show you're, you're... that stuff in Bridgerton? Are we going too classless now? Nipples. Oh, nice. We saw some butt. Butt, but it's like PG thirteen. It's not like okay. I wouldn't call that PG thirteen. Could I? Could I diverge? <laughs> I'm going to give Shailen another moment to think of a real answer here. <laughs> so I've been playing this uh, PS5 game. Bridgerton? <laughs> no, it's called Ghost of Tsushima. And you are playing as a samurai. And it's a game where you're just, you're running around the world doing shit, but you can make yourself get more health by going to these hot springs that are spread throughout the world. So most of the time you're in like gear, you know, you have armor, you have a cloak that you wear, but when you get to these hot springs, every single time there's a scene, it fades to black, it fades back up and you see this dude's like, he's just naked. You see his fleshy ass (laughs) as he climbs (laughs) into the hot springs and it's like, you see him disrobe? No, you don't see him pull anything on or off, and there's no like oh. side dick or anything. But it's it's like a side swipe. It's just like this like is, is like his white black fleshy ass. Here's his butt. It's you can't rear skip angle sack it. Shot. There are so many of these hot springs. Like I I know this man's ass intimately. Mm. Anyway, the Tangled TV show. You get to see Rapunzel and Finn develop their relationship. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> There you go. There's an answer. Okay. That's a show that would be okay. compelling, and I can guarantee you Housewives Everywhere would break streaming services, overloading the system to watch it. Do you know- They're breaking their stream and they're overloading. I gotcha. The 
I gotcha. I hear you. The animation team who worked on the movie Rapunzel to animate his face, Finn's face. They <laughs> they had a cat, and then the cat also had a dog. Uh huh. They hung up pictures of just famous Hollywood men who were just revered for being attractive. And they brought in every straight woman they could find in the building. And they were like, tell us what about this face you like best. And they just put all that shit together to make that character. He's the ideal male. Yeah. Hmm. In conclusion, probably make for some 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 hot scenes. Yeah, he's a, a real gene screamer. For sure. Mm-hmm. Gene screamer. That's what they say when they show Gene Kelly. Yeah. Or Gene Hackman. Gene Kelly was the motion capture guy for Ghost of Tsushima. So I think it's his fleshy white ass that I'm seeing. <laughs> Gene Kelly's ass was much more taut than the animation in that. First of all, that's not true. Don't say that about Jin Sakai. It's a tight, fleshy ass. Taut, taut buttock. Mm-hmm. I also would think that Batman the Animated Series. There you go. Okay. Would be a good one, too. Ben, have you answered yet? Yeah, Heathcliff. That's Heathcliff. a real answer? Yes. Uh, fine. Uh, Yo-Yogi. Yo-Yogi is the answer. No, it's Heathcliff. Shailen, I can't believe you picked Muppet Babies. It's disturbing. It's serious. Yeah. Fantastic Max. Oh. (laughs) 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 AV Sitter is AV Spinner. Oh. Oh, boy. boy. Abort, abort. Oh, boy. Shailen, that's awful. It's all about the parents. We're talking about Fantastic Max, a baby. That's the... Oh my cool. god. Well, thanks, Rutherford. And you can hit us up at Watchbots Pod with your, your horny cartoons. Hashtag oh boy. <laughs> Moni Moni. <laughs> <laughs> Email at watchbotspod.com. That is it. We've conquered another. We've visited another land of far away. And it was good to do so. Mm, I agree. Chalen? Mm-hmm. What do you think? I was delighted by it. Wow, that's Thanks great. for joining us. No, thank you so much. Thank And thank you for being here. Thank you. No, and thank you too, Dave. Thanks for being here. Oh, it's, I'm just happy to, happy to contribute. That's right. Yeah. Well, you can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram and Facebook at WatchBotsPod. That is WatchBotsPod. P-L-O-D. 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 Please subscribe rate and review on wherever you're listening to us you're listening to us in your ear holes with your your fancy airpods give us a five-star review for (laughs) for dave and for shalen this is ben thank you for listening to another episode of Watchbots. this ebay auction still has 20 minutes on it so that'll have to be a little postscript for you you'll have to tune in and see how much did i spend on this 20 year old pc game (laughs) A little tease for you. But to take us out of here. Yeah. You know, we do a lot of a lot of singing and stuff. And I we you do. know, maybe we've gone too far with it. So I want to go in a different direction here. Thank tonight. God. A different direction. Ringo Starr's still involved. Damn it. <laughs> I want to hear an ad read for the new HD TV show Bone and Down by the Ringman. Pitching the show. About me installing uh, sex mirrors for competition, I think <laughs> is where we went with it. I don't know. Give it a shot. We'll do it the way all the pros do. On the fly. Yeah. We'll do it live. <laughs> Tune in Tuesday. You have to see. But <laughs> it's a show about cats. <laughs> we went and we met a cat. 
boning down. What the wiggity? <laughs> Tuesdays at seven. You know, when I asked for an ad read. I, I made an ad. You, you did. I did. It was yeah. It was Ringo Starr being I've, very surprised by the salaciousness of the content in front of him. <laughs> I've eaten packages of saltines that were less dry than that. <laughs> Whole packages. But that's okay. What was he seeing on screen? He was seeing you install sex mirrors while people were boning <laughs> underneath you. Oh, they're boning <laughs> underneath this part of the show? Yeah, like that's Dr- the constellation. The contest is they have to be able to accomplish it while you're in the room, like uh, doing construction. Also, I lied. I want to hear Ringo Starr sing the theme song to <laughs> Bone and Down, which is <laughs> the tune of Octopus's Garden. <laughs> I'd like no, to it's be... it's to the the to the tune of the Growing Pains theme song. <laughs> Which one is the Growing Pains theme song? I'm so... Show me that smile oh again. How do you do that Show as Ringo Starr? I'm not good at the Ringo Starr impression, you guys. So when you add these extra layers, it makes it really bad. Like, worse than bad. Show me the bad. song again. You can do a different celebrity. Yeah. You could do a David Bowie. You could do a Paul McCartney. I'm a, not a boy. You could do, you could do Joe John Biden. Bennett. You could do Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. You do a great Joe Biden. You were telling me the uh, off oh, the you're air. both full of shit. You could do a a, a Bridgerton. Yeah, a Bridgerton is going to sound very similar to my very bad Ringo Starr. Okay, what's what's a celebrity impression you have that you're proud of? I don't have one. I don't do impressions. That's not my strength. Oh, Chilin does a really good Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Fuck you. Come on, give it a shot. Yeah, do your best Mark Wahlberg. Come on. I don't want to. I don't like you, it. Okay. What? Okay. All right. How about this? You oh, sing it. I got it. No, that's not my job. I, I host the show. How about, you don't have to do an impression, but you need, we do need a version of Bone and Down, but it's sung to the theme of Sonic Underground. It all, there's a rhyme. There's a rhyme scheme in there. Now we're boning down. Uh-huh. Hanging mirrors down. Uh-huh. <laughs> Their mother must be found. Their mirror must be found. Your mirror must be hung. And we're boning down. Goodbye. Give me that smile again. Show me that smile. Don't waste another minute on your crying. We're nowhere near the end. We're nowhere near the best is ready to As long as we keep on